Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but we take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Golly Poppy. And I'm Evening Blotcher. <laughs> you actually have your, you have your cat on your lap. I That's do That's right. And actually, she goes by Golly Spears, but that would just be too confusing. Just one step too far removed. Yes, exactly. But I'm just kidding. I'm Carrie Poppy. I'm Ross Blotcher. And we're back to talk more about our longstanding exorcism investigation. Yes, our longest investigation of all time. Of all time, yeah, because we first encountered Bob Larson back in 2012. You can go back and find that investigation. Oh my God, 2012, is that true? Yeah, it was late in 2012 in December. Ross and Carrie get some Exorcise Teenage Exorcist Edition. Pretty good title. Yes, well done. And uh, <laughs> and if you uh, want to go back and listen to that, you can hear kind of the genesis of what is now our revelation. Uh, but we got to meet Bob Larson. We watched an exorcism that was being filmed by a film crew at the time. Yeah. It was 60 Minutes Australia. Australia, yeah. And if you look for that online, you can see us in the footage very briefly. <laughs> but, you know, we're there. We're in the front row. We're taking part. But I don't, That wasn't the very first one, though, was it? Because didn't... The the first one we went to was with Milo, oh, my ex-boyfriend Milo, whose name prob- is not Milo. You're probably right. So we've been to many meetings with Bob <laughs> Larson over the years. Yeah, and that's we'll, right. we'll kind of duck in and out through the series and tell you little stories about seeing him in person. But he's an itinerant minister. He has a spiritual freedom church in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. But he's all about traveling. He's constantly, he's a, he's a prince of the air, you might say. Hmm. Never heard that. Well, it's just one of the references he uses to Satan. Being a, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> a little, little joke there, a little theological joke. We'll come back to that. But he, uh, he travels all over the place and he warns you in emails. We both still, for all these years, since 2012 at least, we've been getting Bob Larson's <laughs> oh daily God, emails. <laughs> Oh my gosh, eight years of that. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Boy, time really flies. You know, I have certain emails that I'm really good at clearing out on a regular basis and others that sort of stay in my inbox and Mm -hmm. accumulate. Bob's are one of those because it's so frequent and it's so long. There's so much content. Yes. And so I'll clear out all the emails I can deal with quickly. And then I'm left with like five, six, seven newsletters that are long and hard to absorb. That's funny. I thought you were going to say the opposite because there's such a bizarre read and you know that they'll always be just very, I don't know, uh, weird They'll yeah. always be very weird. And so I, I'm always wanting to read them right away. They're high on interest level, but low on the ability to quickly clear them. Okay, that's fair. Because I know I'm going to have to set aside, you know, eight minutes to read this thing. But then I get annoyed when I'm trying to catch up on them. And I realize like he sent the same exact stories twice. Mm-hmm. He wrote the same article and maybe he added one new paragraph about something else. It's like, ah. You're just filling my inbox. He's very dedicated to a very strange format where he will send you an email, call it a blog, (laughs) then halfway through a particular quote unquote article, 
he will say to be continued. And then that will be continued at the bottom of the email Mm -hmm. with maybe a few sentences from the top repeated. (laughs) It's very strange. Yeah, it's somewhere between, I don't know, like a newspaper column and an opinion letter and a blog and sometimes Mm -hmm. a video link where you can see and hear him read it to you. So Bob is the gift that keeps on giving. And so uh, essentially that's why we're here is because since 2012, we have not gotten enough of Bob Larson. Yeah, I'm not sick of him. Oh, no, not at all. And so we've been constantly keeping up with his thoughts on various matters. Speaking of which, uh, we just performed a public exorcism today. (laughs) Yeah. In our country. Yay. Yay. Oh, my gosh. I woke up to Drew just smiling at me, and he said, I have some good news. I know. I didn't want to wake up Kara, but I knew she'd be excited, and she was. Yeah, it is Saturday, November 7th. 2020 as we record this and we just found out finally that biden won the election donald trump won't be the president come january now we haven't gotten a concession speech and and we won't i doubt we will so this will be very interesting to see how this particular constitutional crisis plays out uh that we have a president for the first time a president who does not uh, admit he lost the election so keep us all in your thoughts and prayers Anyways, we're, we're happy about that. We're happy oh we're recording God. today with that particular sort of Damocles no longer hanging over our heads. Yeah, this is the actual happiest day of the last four years for me. Like, Wow. Yeah. It's the best, the best day, a floor lifted. But also Carrie got engaged. Everybody. I know. <laughs> Drew, Drew was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> I have a different favorite day. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's a close second. I assume you mean the Kofefe incident. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, yeah, if you want to go back and listen to that uh, fun early investigation, just know that all along, ever since then, we've still been tapped into the world of Bob Larson, seeing him whenever we can, because he comes regularly to Pasadena, which is near us. And Glendale every once in a while. Yeah, so if you go back and listen to any episodes between then and now, maybe you're listening to Laughter Yoga, imagining your mind like, oh, but they might have been at Bob Larson the week before. Yeah, it's so fun as I review these materials because I'll look at like photos I took and the day before or the day after we're doing something like uh, when I went for this info session I'm about to talk about the day before I was filling out my 23andMe spit canister to send back. Yeah, it's just like how long we've been doing this is crazy. Uh, Anyway, so at least this investigation, at least this first part kind of focuses around Bob Larson's International School of Exorcism. That's right. But we also want to give you a little background on Bob himself. We went into this, I'm sure, when we first reported on him in 2012. But maybe this will be a good review for you or new information for you. Bob Larson has been ministering for like 50 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dude's almost 80, right? He's 76, I think. Yeah, we were there like for his birthday celebration. Uh, We talked about that in our Dallas episode. But yeah, mid 70s, I think. He at one point was also a ministerial singer. So he would release records that were prototypical Christian music, like before Christian music was Mm -hmm. all that popular. Yep, yep. Um, And so I'm about to hold up for you, Ross, a record I have. I'm holding the Ross and I are recording <gasps> distance recording, so I'm holding it up to my screen. Oh my goodness, look at that young Bob. So much hair. I know. And it's funny because 
I know that he isn't wearing a wig because I've seen his current hair and it's that color and it's thinning. Mm -hmm. But in this, even though he's like 25, it looks like a wig. (laughs) Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Yeah. It Um, is a little bit of helmet hair almost. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know what? It's very Opie. um, Oh, yeah. Okay. Ron Howard. Yeah. How is he dressed? How would you describe that? It's not quite Johnny Cash. No. Yeah. um, I don't know who I would liken it to, but he's wearing It feels a little Western to me. Yeah, there's a Western inspiration there, but all polyester, a <laughs> brown. That's how you know he's Christian. <laughs> brown button down collared shirt mm-hmm. that comes out over a tan polyester. <laughs> what would you call this? Two piece suit? Yeah. Well, the jacket and the pants match. Also, I think this is very funny. At the time, his ministry was just called BLM for short, Bob Larson Ministries. But of course, <laughs> now I hear BLM and think Black Lives Matter, which yeah. I, I wonder how he feels about that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I doubt he's into it because he's a big Trump guy. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> your thing got more famous with the civil rights movement. Sorry, not sorry, Bob. Uh, but all songs written and copyrighted by Bob Larson. This is called Peace Within My Soul. Um, he's got a guitar. The, Tell me these hot yes. track titles. I will. Okay. Uh, Side one, the sun is on his way to be loved. Men and machines. Oh, I want to hear that one. Peace within my soul. The soap opera song. That's a good first side. Side two, enjoy it while you can. Uh, Jesus carried the cross. It would be a small thing. Bringing myself to you and holding on. I, I really want to hear the soap opera song and okay. Men and Machines, but I haven't listened to this yet. So. Oh, you have a record player? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he was doing that at first, and he was also a radio host for a number of years. He had a call-in radio show, not unlike Harold Camping, where he would take callers and answer their questions and do live exorcisms on the air. Not unlike and Mike Pence. Did it, Mike Pence do that? Well, he had a radio show. Oh, okay. He didn't do exorcisms. I was just comparing that they both had radio shows and now they do other things. But in in my mind, that was kind of the beginning of Bob Larson. I just thought of him having that radio show back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was on for a long time. And one of those notorious places you could prank call very easily, it seems Mm. like either Bob just didn't mind being prank called and would just like let it happen. Or he is very easy to prank because people Mm. were just doing it left and right. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like an Art Bell type show, you know, where Mm -hmm. it's really hard because you're dealing with this kind of fringe topic that requires a suspension of disbelief already to really know how to separate your pose from your sincere callers. Right. Interesting. I would love to hear some of those. Uh, Yeah. Oh, I'm sure we can dig them up. He also released an album against rock music. That's him playing the guitar, but interstitially talking about how he, when he was young, you know, he really... He really went the wrong way and uh, went against all that his parents had taught him. Oh, and, rebel. Mm-hmm. It's such a common was, story. Yep. And was briefly into rock and roll music. Ooh, rock and Oof. or roll. Both bad. Mm-hmm. So he did that. And then also famously was involved in the recovered memory satanic panic movement. Yes. Very much involved in that whole story. 
which we've talked yeah. about in dribs and drabs throughout our various investigations. But yeah, he was definitely a huge proponent of, you know, people like Mike Warnke and, you know, doing sort of the same thing Geraldo Rivera was at the time, collecting these breathless stories about people committing sacrifices in the woods. Mike Warnke being uh, a Christian guy who claims that he was a recovered Satanist, uh, but was exposed by Christian journalists. And he turned it into a comedy routine, which is just amazing. <laughs> Good for him, I say. Yeah, and so a lot of that hinged on the recovered memory movement, which we've talked about many times, but is uh, a discredited theory that you can hide memories in sort of the crevices of your subconscious where you don't even remember these horrible things happening to you and then through special methods can bring them back up. This is not how it works. And um, Bob not only was a big proponent of that back then, even now, though he's much quieter about it, does seem to hold the same beliefs if Mm. asked. Yeah, so still still seems to be into all that. Interesting. Yeah, one of those methods is hypnotic regression. And uh, it's kind of related to the field of alien abduction and some of the other things that we talk about on the show, uh, where Mm -hmm. one of the prime forms of quote-unquote evidence is recovered memory. Yeah. We'll talk about that more later in this series, and we will talk a little more also about the connection to recovered memory uh, in today's society, including Bessel van der Kolk came up a few episodes ago, Mm. and we got some feedback from people who wanted to hear that explored a little more deeply, so we will will hit on that somewhere in here, too. Excellent. Just speaking of recovering memories, I I was just thinking, if I try to go find Bob Larson's old radio show, I'm Mm -hmm. guessing, I'm just picturing I'm going to find a bunch of websites from the early 90s that are just barely hanging on and they'll have <laughs> they'll have like a list of links to real audio player recordings of Bob's show and they'll all be broken. Mm. That's that's my prediction now. We'll wow, see. Wow, that's a that's a strong and specific prediction. Let's see let's see if you're right. Have you ever gone down one of those rabbit trails of finding a bunch of old dead links to recordings of shows? Uh- um, uh, maybe. Uh, well, I remember that coming up with David John Oates. Yes, us really trying to find some yes. original audio uh, and not quite making it. Exactly, finding where they had lived, basically, but not being able to dig up the ghost. Well, now that we've uh, laid out a little bit of the scene, what really got us started, you know, we were keeping an eye on Bob, but not too long after our initial investigation that we published. Carrie forwarded me an email on January 23rd, 2013. And uh, what did I say? It was an advertisement for Bob Larson in Pasadena. He was going to have a Friday show and a Saturday, I don't know if show's the right word, but appearance, a seminar. There we go. That's the right word. And it was going to be at our good old friend, the Pasadena Hilton, free seminar. And he wanted to introduce his brand new International School of Exorcism. Bob will teach the first course of this new school, the biblical history of exorcism, healing, and deliverance. I mean, this was an exclusive opportunity because space was limited to the first 20 people who registered. Oh, damn. Is that right? Yeah. There wasn't like a a link to sign up. You know, these were the early days of the internet. This was 2013. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so to sign up, you had to call a phone number. Whoa! Yeah. Did we use our phones? We had phones back then, and we Whoa. actually like called with them. Whoa, that's nuts. I know. And uh, w- what did we say? Sorry for all the kids who don't remember these days. <laughs> so, so yeah, you forwarded this to me, and you said, oh, fuck, Ross, you have to go. <laughs> I have class 
but you have to go. I, uh, I assume this means... I wonder if I meant, yeah, oh, maybe we're thinking the same thought. An educational class or I'm classy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> huh, 2013, I wonder what class that was. Oh, you know what? I bet it was Groundlings Improv class. That sounds about right. Yeah, okay, cool. Carrie went far with the Groundlings. Okay. That's true. So I called the number and there was a woman who asked me how much of the school I wanted to attend. And I found out that there are three levels to it. So there is an apprentice level, mm-hmm. there is a warrior level, Ooh. and there is an exorcist level. And surely those will remain the only levels, and this won't become an OT situation where they keep tacking on more levels. Surely that won't happen. No, no. Why would they do that? All of the total sum of information that you could know to become an exorcist is contained within those three levels. Just kidding. But for now, that is true and the, in, this, in this moment in history. The seminar is free, but the classes are not. They are far from free. She wanted to collect my name and email address and phone number back in the days when we used phones and also my address and said she'd send me more info. And she did. She made good on that. And so you said, you said, awesome. I say this is totally worth whatever it costs. <laughs> That's funny because, okay, the genesis that I recall in my recovered memory of this is that at our very first Bob Larson event, because I I picture myself sitting next to Milo and the school being announced and saying to you, like, Ross, if you want to do it, we can spend our money on it. Because we used to, we just had this one tiny Mm -hmm. PayPal account with like, you know, at the time, uh, a few hundred dollars, period, for yeah. like for the whole show. Generous donors said, who just happened to yeah. send us money on request. Yeah, it was this very sweet. in the before Max Fun days. Exactly. And so I, I was like, uh, Ross, you should do it. And then Bob Larson pulling you up because you had signed up. So yeah, now I'm wondering what the order of operations were here. Okay, yeah. Him pulling me up came much later. In fact, that was in relatively recent years. Well, I remember that too. Okay. Well, anyway, okay. This is just a demonstration of how poor human memory is. Yeah, but you have it right that that we kind of looked at this cost and we sort of decided on, okay, Ross is going to do it because this is really expensive. We'll sign him up and see how it goes. Mm -hmm. Oh, right, because we didn't want to both do it and I was busy doing something equally important, getting trained in improvisation and character acting. There you go. So yeah, they they sent me the info by email. And so I found out what the price levels were. Uh, They hadn't even been launched yet. This whole school wasn't active yet. We just knew it was coming. So you had to kind of step out on faith there. So the three levels, again, apprentice level, that was going to be $995. Okay. Okay. Wow. If you signed up for the warrior level, that was uh, level two. And you also, you know, you get all of the levels before it as well. So if you sign up Mm -hmm. for warrior level, that's $1,795. Okay. And that includes- So that's sort of your master's degree. Exactly. And yes. Okay. And then your PhD is the exorcist level, and that will cost you $2,495. For the whole pack. The whole shebang. Wow. $2,500 to get a PhD. D is pretty good. Yes. Yes. If yes. <laughs> this is not a PhD, I know. Correct. But still, to be an exorcist, that's a whole job. Uh, indeed. And uh, there is a 10% discount if paid in advance, and 50% down is required to reserve an enrollment spot. So there you go. You know, you can save a little bit of money if you act now. 
And did we? We did save money. We found a very clever way to do that. Okay. And they promised that you'll get online study with your own password protected access to their website. You'll get training videos that can be viewed by DVD or by MP4. I don't know if the DVDs hmm. ever happened. Maybe if I'd requested them. Yeah. But the idea is that you uh, you get access to the videos. And it says they're downloadable, but there's no like, download this video here button. Oh, right. You have to know how to dig into source code a little bit. and <laughs> Downloadable in the sense that anything on the internet is downloadable. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, they hadn't- If you try hard enough. They hadn't made strong efforts to make it undownloadable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then- there's uh, workbooks that they'll give you, kind of notes to go along with each course within mm-hmm. the individual levels. And that's interesting. If you apply as an apprentice, you're supposed to get a copy of Larson's Book of Spiritual Warfare. And then you- I don't know where I got it, but I've got it. And then you've got the 575 page. Of course, Bob always, that's one of the things he does. He lists the number of pages. 575 page book, Larson's yep. Book of World Religions. And of course, you're told how important all of these are. You have to have them. Um, And then you're supposed to get Bob Larson's deliverance training DVDs. I don't think that ever happened. I don't think we got that. And this was all supposed- Oh, wait. Actually, oh, I can picture them. Really? Did we get those? And also his curse-breaking huh. DVDs. See if you can find them if Why you have them. I picture that? Oh, I mean, unless I just locked an image of them sitting on the table into my head. I don't think I ever got but- those, but- Anyway, so now we knew the price, and then I was confirmed to show up for the Saturday noon talk to learn about this and get kind of the introductory lesson. So yeah, I showed up that Saturday, and the room wasn't like the one we'd been in before where it's this really big conference room and you can seat hundreds. It was a very intimate little side room that they'd gotten. They had limited the sign up to 20 people. So I was kind of mm-hmm. worried, ooh, will I be able to get in? But there was just a handful of people. There was barely anybody there. And Bob introduced himself to me, and he was kind of waiting around, sort of biding his time, saying, oh, I don't know. We should get going. But there were more people who were supposed to show up, and mm-hmm. it wasn't happening. So eventually, he just decided to get going. And he recognized that I was the only one there that he didn't really know. So apparently, all these other people ah. were regular acolytes of his that he gotcha. he knew. Um, so he's like, oh, who are you? So I introduced myself. He wanted to know what I did and all that. So he proceeded to give the course, uh, just sort of this introduction. We'll talk about the, the content in just a moment. But uh, at the end, he had a special deal. He said, because you all came out here, you attended, I'm going to give you a huge discount on the first level, the apprentice level. Mm. And, you know, I had actually responded when they first sent me the email saying how much each level cost. I was curious to know if there was any way we could drop this price down just by balking a little bit at the price. And so I had said, oh, thank you so much for forwarding me this information uh, about the price levels. I'd really love to take part, but just can't afford that amount at this time mm-hmm. to see what happened. Because yeah, big chunk of money, $995. Oh, for sure. So at the seminar. They had said, okay, well, you can sign up for the first level for $695. Right. $300 discount. Oh, okay, so they said this at the one, the 20-person event. Yeah, the 20-person event that had maybe 10 people. I swear to God, at the one before that, we signed you up for like the first level or something. I I think I know what you're thinking of. Okay. Okay, okay. That came later, and that was when we signed me up for the second level. And that okay. that time we had to pay a thousand dollars. 
Okay, okay. To get level two. Got it. Added on to my level one. Okay. So I, I wrote them back and said, hello, I attended the information session on Saturday and I'm going to step out on faith at the $695 price and sign up for the apprentice level. Who should I call? And mm. so they gave me the number of the office and I reached a woman named Debbie. Mm. At the Spiritual Freedom Church. That's right. You know, here's the rate they offered. I'd like to do that. Can I pay for it with Discover? Yes, yes, and yes. And she said, oh, wow, that's a great rate. If you ask me, I would not have given it. Mm. So there you go. Okay. So Bob Bob was being super generous. But we'll, uh. we'll find this. Every time we see Bob, the price of the course fluctuates. It goes up. It goes down. It goes sideways. Yeah. And then, of course, the amount it's worth also fluctuates, but ah. is always enormous. It's always like, this is really $35,000 worth of material. Right. Yeah, this is special time with me and my expertise gained over years. And you get all these books with X number of pages per book and X number of hours of content in these videos. Yeah, he's great at enumerating these things. So he lets you know you're getting a real steal. And this is kind of going to hurt him financially. But hey, he'll do it. Right. And, and always talk about how much it costs to make it, which is true from like, it, obviously, you have upstart costs when you create these things. But like once it's on the Internet, me signing up for it costs you nothing. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're all, this is, at some point, this all becomes profit for you. Not that that's, you know, a uh, inherently exploitative model, but like he acts like every single time someone signs up, that costs him another this much money and oh, he's really letting it go for a tiny fraction of that. Now that we've established all that, the stated costs and the occasional discounts, without looking, if you haven't looked recently, guess how much it costs to take all three modules if you sign up for them fresh from the International School of Exorcism website. Today? Yes. $800. Very good guess. $500. <laughs> so how much had we ended up paying each? Oh, goodness. Well, I paid... Because, uh, spoiler, I will eventually pay. Yes. I will eventually do all this as well. You know, actually, that's a good question. We should look up how much you spent because because for me, it was essentially $1,700. Oof. Damn. And of course, I mean, damn all the demons to hell. Yeah, I think mine was more like a thousand for the whole thing, or maybe twelve hundred. Okay, yeah, not five. So it had it had gone down, but okay. yeah, not five hundred. But yeah, I think it was one of those special deals where they offered all three for a affordable cost. So, anyways, yeah, we spent quite a bit of money, and right, if we signed up for it now, would be uh, pennies, pennies on the dollar. So, I guess <laughs> he found what the market would bear, and it wasn't his initial offering. After that, then I signed up. I had it, it took a while for them to release it, but then they emailed me. They let me know here's your username and password, and it was at internationalschoolofexorcism.org. And so nice. you you enter the student portal. It's a it's a WordPress based site. You uh, you start working your way. There's ten courses within each level. And the way Bob pitched it when I went to that initial session, the way he was imagining the school would happen was that after each 10 course meal, you would call him, like have a video conference with him, and he would challenge you and he would ask you questions in person and kind of give you this master quiz. And this, I, I wouldn't say it intimidated the hell out of me, but it was something I wanted to be like super prepared for. Yeah, yeah. And so I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go but through- But also kind of part of the sales pitch. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe he was just thinking this would be a very rare thing. It would be expensive, but he'd have just enough people that it would be worth his while to do these one-on-one -on -one calls. 
So in my mind, I'm starting to tackle these videos thinking, okay, I'm going to have to be a master of this information, Yeah, which we talked about in our live show. So I, I was just like, I had this mental block, essentially, where I kept thinking, I need to not just watch this video. Right. And, and each video turned out to be like a half an hour or a little uh-huh. over. So these aren't long videos. So yeah, you could have just blown through them. He gives you a course outline with each one, kind of a collection of notes that you can download as a PDF. But I was just taking these crazy notes. So every time I did one of these, it took me like two to three hours to kind of go through it and had to kind of have my mind like in the right space. Like, okay, I'm in, in absorption mode. Right, right. And then it becomes this huge thing in your head that You know, it's like hard to even approach because it needs to be spotless. Exactly. Yeah. So instead of like, oh, do I have a spare half an hour? It's like, oh, do I have three hours? And is my head really in the right space where I'm not thinking about other things? This is all me just offering excuses for why (laughs) for why it has taken me so absurdly long to work my way through these courses. But I have. So. It took Carrie. I did most of mine in Texas. Yeah, that's right. We were on the show and Carrie's just like, I'm done with one. I'm done with two. I'm done with three. And I was like, stop it. I don't want to hear about it. Leave me alone. But I had a time. It wasn't like I was poking you while you were sleeping. I did it. I did another. Um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, we also just had like, and this is good, you know, that we're both like looking at it from different angles. Mm-hmm. For me, it was like, I'm going to test the test. Like, because if, if this purports to make you a good exorcist, then the way to test the test is to be like, could I basically do nothing and still pass this thing oh, totally. and have a certification that says Carrie Poppy is a Bob Larson exorcist? And indeed, Yes, you can. It took me, I think, about three and a half hours to do all three levels. That's crazy. So you were like kind of fast forwarding through the videos? Yeah, I'd like kind of scrub through, get some (laughs) idea. And then the quiz is set up so poorly. So you go to the quiz. Sure. And I would just take my best guess. And then it would say, ah, you got these ones wrong. Uh And well, okay, it's pretty easy to figure out what the other options are Mm -hmm. of the multiple choice. Okay, so it wasn't God. It's probably angels. And if if you got under a certain threshold, then yeah, you get to take it again. You just take it again. And it gives you like four opportunities or something to take it. So I would just, if I got under 50% or whatever, go back it to 70 okay cool good mm-hmm. enough for babe on to the next anyway i'm a bob larson certified exorcist now and all this time i've been able to tell people hey i'm studying at the international school of exorcism which is super fun to tell people oh definitely it's a great conversation ender um so <laughs> so i guess let's delve into this a little bit but first yeah before we dive deeply into that school i'd like to dive deeply into the concept of curiosity do you mind i do not mind. In fact, I'm curious to know what you have to say about curiosity. Let's get into the stream that is human curiosity. And in fact, now that I think about it, Ona Ross and Carrie is supported in part by a service called Curiosity Stream. Did you know that? Yeah, I did know that. Oh. It's a streaming service. It's like Netflix for documentaries. It's smart TV for your smart TV. Oh, I, I see what you did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Curiosity Stream. I get what they're doing here. So it's a streaming service, but also it's like a stream of curiosity. Uh-huh. Let see, the river run. All the double meanings that words have apply to this streaming service. <laughs> so keep that in mind as you listen to this ad. <laughs> Curiosity Stream is a streaming service that has thousands of documentaries and nonfiction TV shows on topics like history, nature, science, food, technology, travel 
And even more than that. I put it on my TV. I've got the uh, Roku system built into my TV. Super fancy. Nice. And yeah, it's great. You just you can search for all kinds of things within CuriosityStream. And they've got exclusive programs featuring David Attenborough, Stephen Hawking, Nick Offerman, Chris Hadfield. And probably some women. <laughs> probably some women. Um, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yes, they do. Jane Goodall. Goodall. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Oh, I love her. Oh, and also I see that the Harvard Classics professor, Danielle Allen, she hosts a show on there. I want to check that one out. But I know who you won't find, and that's Giorgio Tsoukalos. This is <laughs> probably not. This is actually like science based information. So, <laughs> yeah, if you want to learn about history, science, archaeology, astronomy, all of that is available within CuriosityStream. That's excellent. I think that is a spot on for our listeners. And you can easily stream everything from your TV, phone, tablet, or your computer. So go to curiositystream.com slash oh no, or use the code oh no to sign up. It's just $14.99 for the whole year. Oh my goodness. The whole year. That's cheaper than exorcism classes. <laughs> it's so much cheaper and the content's going to be so much better. <laughs> That's right. It'll be useful knowledge. But, Ross, while I have you here, boy, your teeth look nice. Why, thank you. Did you know that I've been brushing with a Quip toothbrush? Oh, that's right. I wish everybody had a Quip toothbrush. Yes, I wish everyone were equipped with a Quip. You know, when's the last time you got rewarded for brushing your teeth, Carrie? Oh, good question. You know, every night, if I brush my teeth, Drew says, did you brush your teeth? And I say yes, and then he gives me a lollipop, so... Every day. You have such an interesting relationship, you and Drew. <laughs> well, with Quip's new smart electric toothbrush, good habits can earn you great perks like free products, gift cards, and more. Damn. Well, that sounds more mature <laughs> and more true than the thing I said. Right. And the lollipop. Yeah, probably not a good idea after you've taken care of your teeth. I yeah, I know. I'm not setting a good example with my made-up story. Um, <laughs> when's the last time you got a free gift or reward? Just making conversation. Well, I won a bet about who would win the election. Oh, good. So you voted for the guy you wanted to win. That's right. And my friend Chris, who voted against, now owes me 100 bucks. I'm going to go collect after we finish recording. Nice. I took the Chris tactic where I was like, well... At least if I get what I want, I'm paying Matthew 70 bucks on the day mm -hmm. I'm happiest, uh, <laughs> as opposed to like owing money and the bad thing happened. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Anyway, well, great story. This could be like that. <laughs> and the brand new Quip Smart Brush, which is for adults and kids, connects ah. to the Quip app with Bluetooth. And just to clarify, your teeth won't be blue. No. <laughs> the technology. That's a good point. The technology is Bluetooth. Your teeth will be a white or slightly off white. Yeah. I mean, let's still be reasonable. You're a human being. They might not be pearly perfect white, but they'll be whitish. They'll be healthy teeth. And you can track when and how well you brush. You earn points for daily brushing and bonus points for completing challenges like streaks and redeem them for rewards like free products, gift cards, and discounts from Quip and Partners. Now, when we say streaks, we don't mean that your teeth are going to have mm -hmm. streaks. Your teeth are going to be, like we said, off-white and like a consistent coloring. These are metaphorical streaks. streaks. Just, yeah, yeah, in the terms of uh, continuous usage. And if you already have a Quip, just upgrade it with a smart motor and keep all the great Quip features you know and love. So if you want to get started getting rewards for brushing your teeth today, just go to getquip.com slash oh no 
right now to get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash oh no. That's spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash oh no. That's G as in golf, E as in echo, T as in tango, Q as in uh, Quebec, U as in uniform, I as in India, P as in papa, I'm, dot com. I'm impressed. Thank you. I have it on a note card in front of me. Oh, okay. Quip, better oral health, made simple and rewarding. Nice. Yes, uh, Ross, I am trying to memorize the uh, phonetic alphabet because every time I'm trying to say some confirmation number on the phone, mm. I'm like, A is in... Uh, um, <laughs> Alchemical. Uh, yeah, bizarre <laughs> words come to mind. Astronomy. Af- aphrodisiac. Oh. Yeah, that's what happens. And so <laughs> I finally wrote in my organizer, learn the phonetic alphabet. So now so you can I just re- use your Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, Foxtrot, I've crossed Golf some of them out for better ones, uh, in my opinion. Are there some but that are not like vegan friendly or something? No, just like, uh, I'm sure they make sense internationally, but they're just poor choices for a native English speaker in the States. Okay. So like one is one is Lima, which I feel that like someone's going to be like, Lima? Oh, Lima. Uh-huh. It's just mm. like not an immediate oh, brain grab. Yeah, smart. So what do you um, use for L? For that, I think I'm going to go Lime. Lime. Nice. Uh, but yeah. maybe Library. Oh. I haven't chosen on that one. Lime is um, smart because it's uh, close to Lima. True. Kilo, I'm changing to Kite. Mm-hmm. Mike, I'm changing to Mickey just because I think it's even clearer. Hmm. And uh, Zulu, I'm changing to Zebra. Sure. Just because it's a word we don't use a lot. And, but I realized as I was saying the get quip that P for Papa is ridiculous. So I'm going to change that one as well. <laughs> to Poppy. Oh, there we go. Spell my last name. So it's P as in Poppy. As in Poppy. <laughs> o as in Oppie. P as in Poppy. P as in Poppy. Y as in Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> very good very good Dumb. so let's tell them all a little bit about what you learned so when you start playing one of bob larson's videos it gives you a little uh copyright disclaimer 2013 bob larson says this instructional information is copyrighted by bob larson and may not be used without the written consent of bob larson now we have not obtained the written consent of bob larson so we're not going to teach you exactly what you need to be an exorcist, but we're going to talk about the ideas presented in the course. Um, so We it, can give you little snippets. Uh, that would be fair use. Yeah. So just know, if you want to become an exorcist, sign up to be an exorcist. It's only $500 yeah. now. <laughs> we show up so you don't have to, but you can. That's right. That was the message there. But we're going to share with you some of the ideas that are covered in Bob Larson's International School of Exorcism. So level one is all about the history of exorcism. Mm -hmm. Okay, so my basic understanding of the history of exorcism is Jesus did it. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Catholics, huge on it. But for some reason, the Protestants kind of let it go. Right. Exactly. And Bob himself was and is a Protestant minister. Mm -hmm. And uh, as he intimates in, in later lessons, he himself sort of had the mainstream idea about exorcism, that it's something that's 
incredibly rare or weird and uncomfortable um, mm-hmm. that uh, certainly you would never do it to a Christian because Christians can't be possessed by demons or the devil. Can they? Can they? Uh-huh. Right. So that was the thing that he eventually got convicted on, that actually, yes, Christians can. In fact, they are the real target of demons because they are trying to live godly lives. And demons, you know, they want to mess that up. They want to introduce doubt. They want to introduce anguish. They want to make you turn away from God. Not a great pitch for becoming a Christian. Right. You know, that's funny uh, because when they're doing the altar calls, when they're trying to convince you to become a Christian, they do want to uh, always disabuse you. Now, your life's not going to get instantly better. In fact, Satan's really going to attack you and you're going to experience more trouble because the adversary is going to try to lead you away. So Christians have no problem talking. And we call this the good news. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But but your eternal salvation will be vouchsafed. You'll be ready for the hereafter and yes you will overall be happier and living a better life it's just you know it's still going to take work so all of that is consistent with kind of the mainstream christian view on exorcism or at least on the devil's activity in that yeah the devil's still going to give you a run for your money but most christians would say you can't be possessed you don't have to worry about your body being inhabited by some other sentient being that's going to afflict you or infect you. Essentially because you have given up that right to Jesus because you are, I'm not just being cute here, your body is like possessed by Jesus in a sense. Mm -hmm. You know, the Holy Spirit is taking up all that room that a demon might take up. Exactly, right. Yeah, they can't coexist, right? How can the Holy Spirit coexist with something evil? So Oil and water, people. So all of those theological questions are things that Bob is going to address and have to kind of give scriptural support for. He's very sure to do that. But yeah, in the apprentice level, mostly you're going to be getting, I'll just give the course titles, an introduction to exorcism, Christian and pre-Christian exorcism, exorcisms of the synoptic gospels, New Testament exorcism, four-part series on biblical exorcisms, exorcism in Johannine writings, essentially the writings of John, the Apostle John, and post-Constantine exorcism. So yeah, we shouldn't expect with our $695 first investment to know how to actually cast out demons. We're just going to be very knowledgeable about how it's been done historically. Which is interesting because you kind of get the impression from the Bible that any Christian can cast out demons at any time. Mm-hmm. That's true. Kind of in the same breath whenever uh, the Bible's talking about, I don't know, like handling dangerous snakes and mm-hmm. not getting bitten. Drinking poison and being fine. Right, exactly. It's it's even more likely to talk about something like speaking tongues or casting out demons. Mm-hmm. And you, Bob Larson, as we've mentioned, his whole motto for his ministry is do what Jesus did. Yes. And so a lot of this is going to be kind of pointing at Jesus and just how frequently he performed exorcisms. Yeah. I do think that's a cute inversion of what would Jesus do, which was a very popular thing to have on shirts and bracelets in the mid-90s. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's a clever slogan, whatever yeah. Bob says. We covered in our previous episode that he like kind of poked fun at his own slogan and thought it wasn't a great one. Yeah, he did. Oh, he's wrong. He's wrong. (laughs) All right. So each video also starts after the copyright notice with a kind of cheesy 90s 
uh, training video music, like do 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 do. An image like slides in from your point of view and then comes up to vertical. Exactly. Yeah, we've got photos kind of rotating into view or sliding across the screen, and lots of imagery of clouds with God rays shining through them. Someone paid for iMovie in two thousand four. We've got the International School of Exorcism logo. They've got a seal, kind of like you would have for a school. It's dope. It is dope. Yeah, how would we describe this, Carrie? It oh, is. Oh, man, I like it so much. I really wish that they had shirts with it. I had very similar seals for my various Christian schools that I went to growing up. I went yes. to, let's see, second to fourth grade, I went to Baymont. Fifth through sixth grade, I went to Green Valley Christian School. And then for 2012 middle... 2012 to 2020, you went to the International School of Exercise. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And the, uh, the middle school through high school, I went to Monta Vista Christian School. And it felt like each of them had a seal roughly like... Like this with little oh damn Christian symbols in them. Okay, you're usually the better one at describing visual things, but I'm gonna give it a go. Give it a go. Okay, Whew. all right. Centering myself. Here we go. Carrie, use your eyes. Don't make an analogy. <laughs> okay, it's red. It's round. You might call it a circle. First, there's the big circle mm-hmm. that has words in it. It says <laughs> International School of Exorcism. Mm-hmm. Then you've got a smaller circle. That's also red. The whole thing's red. This smaller circle has within it uh, like a shield-shaped object. Mm -hmm. And on the top, it says Bob Larson founder in tiny letters. And then on the left, you've got the cross. On the right, you've got the Bible and some swords because you are a warrior for Christ. The right-hand side is uh, split further. So you've got like quadrants with the Bible. Yeah. And that's interesting. Yeah, the Bible kind of has a cross sort of built into it. Into it, yeah. And then beneath that, you have two feathers and then a reference to the verse Luke 4:18 on a little floating flag. Yeah, I would assume the feathers are uh, palm leaves kind of. Oh, yes, of course, of course. And then yeah, Luke 4:18. So that is the verse that's uh referenced on every single video and that is the verse of this ministry. Mm-hmm. I will read it for you in the New King James version cuz that seems oh, to be do. Bob's favorite translation of the Bible. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And that is why Bob Larson regularly heals blindness. Oh, see now, I was with you. And mm-hmm. now I, I'm more I see confused. now because he healed me. That's interesting because. You bring up a good point. Jesus's (laughs) exorcisms in olden times often had to do with physical ailments Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that he would make right by performing exorcisms, or so the Gospels say. Yeah, this is totally a sidecar conversation, but... You know, you hear these one-off stories of Jesus healing people. That's great. Really convenient if you just happen to meet Jesus in his lifetime and if your lifetime overlapped (laughs) with his. But I think Jesus could have saved a lot more lives if he said, like, hey, who's going to write about this later? I know I'm not going to write my own book, but anybody here going to, like, write this down maybe in 40 years or so? Great. You, Luke, (laughs) could you please 
mention that people should wash their hands. Mm -hmm. Just generally do it. You know what? There's actually, I'm just going to give this one to you guys. There's tiny little microbes, little creatures. (laughs) You might call them animalcules that live inside water and fecal matter. And you know what? That's why... That's often why things smell bad, but it's not the smell. It's the organism. So wash your hands regularly with soap. I'm going to give you that one, too, with soap and water. <laughs> and you, Jenny, I know that right now we're telling you that like you can't, you shouldn't read and write, but actually you should read and write. And can you tell everybody <laughs> that uh, there is like a pool? I know this is going to sound nuts. There is a pool of bones that's under most sand and you're going to be tempted to suck the pool of bones out of the earth and put it into machines and use those machines to drive around uh, i'm sorry i'm getting ahead of myself to, to travel this is going to seem like a great idea but it turns out it is a terrible idea you're going to screw up the sky with the puddle of bones and then it's going to create a sort of Armageddon type situation. So just leave the bones. That's all good advice. <laughs> yeah, maybe like That's you know, oil in the climate crisis. <laughs> and yes, we know most of that biomass comes from ancient sea life and plankton, not dinosaur bones. Don't email us. And while I'm demonstrating my supernatural knowledge of all things, because I created all things, you can actually harness the energy of the sun directly and bypass. Yes. That whole thing. You know what? Let's sit down. I'm going to draw you some diagrams on how to build a battery. You don't know what that is yet, but I know everything, so I can share that. This is uh, an alternate Bible that would have been great. And Jonathan, you keep uh, speaking in languages that you don't know and you see demons. Actually, what you have is a combination of uh, misfirings in your brain and perhaps a sleep disorder and maybe even those microbes I was talking about before. Together, they're making this real mess of your brain. But it's okay. You can just take some, we're going to call them medicines, you'll get it. That'll just sort of corner off those sections and say, hey, let's all act a little differently and uh, and then everything will be okay. Now, while you're at it, let me tell you about double blinding and how to conduct a proper study because that'll help you gain real knowledge <laughs> about how to have control over these natural phenomena that terrify you every day. That would have been a better move when someone comes up and is like, I'm blind. And Jesus is like, let me double blind you. <laughs> I'm going to explain what that I is. I see, I see. This oh, is and b- a good teaching moment. By the way, I'm Jesus and I say slavery is bad. I figured I should have said that <laughs> I forgot to say it at any point. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. Okay. Anyways. So- yeah. He could have done all that, but instead... He, he would be like, he healed, oh, your foot's better. He healed one-offs. And it's funny, you pointed something out to me once that I hadn't ever really thought about because I was raised with all of these biblical stories and flannel graphs of Jesus healing people who had leprosy. And in my oh, mind, right. leprosy was always this horrible death sentence, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And our Sunday school teachers would treat it that way. They would say, oh, yeah, it's your body slowly falling apart. You lose extremities. And yeah, you get, it can. You, yeah. you get sent off to die. But turns out leprosy is now very treatable. Thank you to science. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, I think that came up in our AMA investigation because AMA 
licked somebody with leprosy. And of course, Princess Diana was famous for touching lepers and mm-hmm. um, not being afraid to do that, which is good, of course. Uh, but and, and, it's because she could just then wash her hands and take antibiotics. And right. It. In Jesus's time, much bigger deal. He had to go to, yeah. the, oh, had to, go to sure. the priest and get checked and then go outside the city for seven days to check. Yeah. Anyways. It was oh. like COVID. All right. <laughs> Uh-oh. This whole investigation is going to be just like this. We're sorry, everybody, but we hope you're <laughs> strapped in. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> so the video starts out with the, the music, starts out with the seal and Luke 4.18. And then we get to Bob, who's standing in his priest collar, which mm-hmm. is really interesting. We have a, a few little pieces of Bob's regalia that feel very Catholic Yeah, that he'll kind of describe over time. But uh, very often, especially when he's in front of a TV camera, he'll wear like the black shirt and pants and the little white collar. The priestly vestments. Yeah. And those don't necessarily have to be Catholic. They can also be like Anglican or Episcopalian. But it feels like he's kind of going for that Catholic look of what we all picture in our minds as an exorcist. Absolutely. And I think he also thinks it looks cool. Yeah. And I think he and he's right. it's a little edgy to wear it. But I just had a thought. Okay. I think it's also a little bit of an I'm in charge statement, a little bit of like I'm the head honcho, mm-hmm. though his explanation is always just like anybody who casts out demons can wear this. Now, you and I are both exorcists now. Mm. I think at the next event, we should show up in that. I'm down yeah. for it. Right? And Let's then, do it. Then we can find demons and cast them out. Yeah. I'm just curious how he'll respond to that. I think he'll be like put off by it, but have dug his own grave where he'll need to be like, well, as I said, anybody who is yeah. able to cast out demons. Can, when he asks okay. to see our ordination, we can just pull out our Bob <laughs> our Larson own. certificates. Here's hey. your signature. Now, this is a high quality <laughs> certificate, right? <laughs> I, I like where your head's at. Um, so yeah, he, yeah. he himself kind of presents as such, though I've been to many events where he's just wearing like a button-up shirt and, mm-hmm. you know, khakis. And it's him against this background where it's, I don't know, it's its kind of creepy looking because I don't know if it's like a hanging sheet or if he's painted a wall like this, but it's... Yeah, I think it's a sheet. It's red and black, and it's kind of like if you'd taken a black uh, wall and you'd sort of like dabbed sort of a deep purpley red, like alizarin crimson paint all over it. So you'd get these kind of almost cloud-like structures, clouds that are fiery and red and angry. I don't know. It feels a little demonic. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Also, you would be tempted if you took a screenshot of this, you'd be tempted to think, oh, that's just like a basic background that's overlaid after he shot this. But as he moves around, you can see his shadow move. So mm-hmm. something's, yeah, painted or a sheet or whatever. Actually, now that I look at it again, I'm going to go painted. Yeah, nothing uh, Nothing led me to think this was green screen. So yeah, I think he found mm-hmm. a little section of his church, wherever he's presenting this, where he can have that. Yeah, I, I'm going to say wall behind him. I would also guess that it's a solid surface. And uh, then he's at a, a very low desk that has kind of a pulpity feel to it because it's mm-hmm. wooden, but then there's kind of like a little extra sort of lectern piece lectern. that comes mm-hmm. up off of it. And then that has a cross in front of it. So you've got that iconography. He's wearing a silver cross um, over his uh, priestly collar and jacket. Mm-hmm. And and then he's got a Bible 
on one side, and I think that's his copy of the Ritual Romanum uh, to, right. to the other side. The Exorcist guidebook. And then if you haven't seen Bob Larson before, he's in his 70s. I guess at the time he would have been in his late 60s. Uh, he's recording these in 20. 20- 13. He's a, a white gentleman. He's got uh, always kind of scruff, not a full beard, but he's always got a solid layer of sort of the makings of a beard. Thinning hair that's all combed back, straight back. So there you go. Now you can picture Bob Larson. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I never thought about that combed back thing, but so that's an interesting thing for um, it's a, a guy with thinning hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It looks kind of cool. You're looking good, Bob. So that's how he presents all this to you. He's speaking to the camera. We assume he's got a teleprompter because he's saying a lot. It's very detailed and very well organized, I would say. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's like almost memorized, but not quite. But yeah. um, definitely pre-written. Very little is extemporaneous. And uh, this has been, you know, edited. There's been a lot of work to overlay the verses he's talking about, like you might see in a sermon. Uh, You know, he'll be talking, he'll mention... Luke 4.18. And then there will be an overlay that pops up on screen. You see a little picture of a flying dove and, you know, you get the the verse itself in big letters simplified to just the portion he wants to highlight. Feels very much like other Christian materials that we're used to seeing. Um, or- yeah, sometimes he'll disappear and we'll just see an image of the Bible and then the, the words will scroll up past your field of vision. Or when he makes like a real key point, it'll be a subtitle sort of written over him so you can write it down or take note of it. So uh, yeah, very, very well produced. There's spelling errors every now and then, you know, in some of the uh, written materials and the PDF that come with it and sometimes on the video. But, you know, clearly this is an, an effort of scholasticism. He's put a lot of work into this, you know, like those are few and far between. So I would say, you know, like uh, for someone who really likes to know the background of things, I would say he's putting a lot of great work into this. Like there's really yeah. good history presented. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so he starts out by telling us that there's three types of people who will typically take this course. Those who are kind of worried that they're dealing with their own demons or paranormal phenomena. Maybe like things have been moving in your house and you're like, oh, shoot, I better go enroll in the International School of Exorcism. <laughs> Those who know someone in their lives who they suspect is dealing with demons. That was me with you. Exactly. Good. Uh, or church or lay leaders who want to know how to handle these things. Oh, right. Okay. That makes sense. Church or lay leaders. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess lay leaders could mean just average church members. Right. Yeah. I I imagine like a deacon or somebody who's kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not a paid worker for the church, but you're kind of an authority within the Christian community. Right. Um, Yeah, that's interesting, though. It sounds like he's not getting that many of the sort of rank and file Christian um, churchgoers. Though, at least from our experience, we've met plenty of people who are involved in the school of exorcism who are, I would say, just like us, uh, if if that's the correct thing to say, who aren't actual pastors, though many of them are. Um, certainly no one's discouraged. Like, show me your ministerial degree or... Oh, yeah, or di- absolutely. Yeah, th- there's no there's no prerequisites for taking this course. Yeah, in fact, I think it's explicitly the opposite. It's, you know, anybody who holds the Lord in their heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know... Oh, even that we didn't have to say. 
That's actually a really good point, Carrie. So there is an enrollment application that you fill out when you're signing up for this course. And so they want to know all the usuals, how to contact you and all of that, your education level. I think they're trying to gather a little bit of maybe statistical information they can use later. Uh, They want to know your church affiliation and denomination. Mm. They want to know your marital status. Um, And they give you lots of options. Married, single, separated, divorced, annulled, widowed. These are definitely questions Bob Larson would want to know the answers to. (laughs) They want to know whether you have children and how many, uh, your nationality, and your cultural or ethnic background, which will become relevant later on. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Bob is obsessed with this. Yes. I suspect Bob is asking this for a very particular reason because he wants to know about what demons you might have. Right. Um, Because if you're... Anything but white, it's definitely going to be pointed out the different demons you might have. And if you're white, maybe it'll come up. Uh, They also want to know if you've made your salvation or Christian confession. And if yes, when? So I was able to fill that out. Yeah, I've yep. confessed yes. Christ. In fact, I remember this is a little sticking point in my head. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get it out there while we're just talking Unstick between the, the two of us. No one can hear this. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, in sixth grade, I was writing an essay, and the teacher, who I had a little bit of a crush on, Mrs. Stewart, in this paper, I had written that I had recommitted my life to Christ at a recent event that I had been at, and so she wrote in the margin, "Oh, you only need to do that once." And I remember I was so irritated thinking oh i know that okay mm-hmm. but you know i'm older now i understand better yeah i was just i felt very defensive about that i'd been reprimanded for giving my life to christ twice essentially <laughs> well you were right she was right and you were both wrong <laughs> Take that, Mrs. Stewart. Uh, <laughs> see, they wanted to know whether we'd been baptized or not, and if so, which church? How often do we attend church? And I was very honestly, oh, yeah. at the time, I was still able to say weekly. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Many I, different churches all the time. I wouldn't say this uh, right now, but certainly at that time when I signed up for this, I, I could say I probably attend church more than most Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they wanted to know about our relationship with God. I think I said could use improvement. You've got excellent, could use improvement, and poor. Uh, They wanted to know what spiritually hinders your life. What is your greatest spiritual strength? What is your most serious spiritual weakness? Mm. And how do you know about Reverend Bob Larson? (laughs) Which is funny because that's the first question he asked me when I showed up at, well, after he knew my name at the um, little information seminar. How do you know about me? Uh, mm. Yeah, yeah. He's he's very big on self promotion. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because that was also the first question Scientology asked us: was How have you heard about Scientology? Right. Although I think for different reasons. I think with them, it's more of like, let's get this out of the way. Have you heard something bad about us? Because we should discuss that if so. But the form that I do have a record of me enrolling with says, I, the applicant, hereby make application to enroll in Bob Larson's International School of Exorcism. I understand by making this application that I declare myself to be of sound mind and at least 18 years of age. This application is made of my own free will with a desire to fulfill the command of Christ in scriptures, such as Matthew 10, 1, to cast out demons. I agree to abide by the Spiritual Freedom International statement of what we believe, and then they link to it. And it, it felt, you know, very kind of standard Christian statement of belief. Uh, The applicant represents and warns that prior to the date of this application, applicant has not engaged in and will not engage in conduct violating federal, state, or local laws and has not committed nor will commit any act or acts of moral turpitude which might violate our moral standards and if publicly... Ever? 
Yeah. Or if publicly revealed, would result in public disrepute for the Spiritual Freedom Church or the International School of Exorcism. No one could sign that, honestly. If we knew every detail of our lives, would uh, would we? I mean, it sounds basically like you need to be sinless. Pretty much. Or I guess you need to confess with them first before you sign up. Applicant Mm -hmm. acknowledges that in entering into this application, the SFC slash ISE are acting in reliance upon applicant's warranty herein. If the SFC or ISE becomes aware of a violation of this warranty, then the Spiritual Freedom Church International School of Exorcism shall be entitled to terminate the student's enrollment without refund or recourse. Oh, man. Yeah. I hope I don't get terminated. I can still sign in. Same here. And that's another thing that I have to say. Like, every time, like, if I waited a few months to log back in, I did so worried that, oh, no, Bob has found out. He's looked up Mm -hmm. our podcasts. I no longer have access. And every now and then there would be a problem with the site or logging in or, you know, like the the page would redirect you to sign up anew. And I'd be like, oh, no, I've lost it all. (laughs) I remember when I finished, I wrote to them and asked them, do you mail me a certificate? Yeah. And I BCC'd you and you were like, ah, yeah, I don't want to draw attention to us. Now oh, they're going to they're going to look you up. They're going to figure out, <laughs> oh, it's Russ. Gar- oh, Russ signed up for this too. quick. Cut off his enrollment. Yeah, I've been I've been paranoid about all of this for seven years. So applicant agrees to pursue the course studies with diligence and spiritual steadfastness. So there, okay. there we go. That's what Can I'm going do. for. No warrant is made that certification at any level is guaranteed since the applicant's completion of each course and demonstration of knowledge of that course is vital to certification. Certification sure. at each level is at the sole discretion of the Spiritual Freedom Church, uh, the International School of Exorcism, and its board of directors. So there we go. That's what I sent to them. And, and I felt like I can answer a lot of those questions about myself, just kind of honestly speaking to my Christian background. Right, right. I think that's how I handled it, too. Like, I think in church, I said, like, grew up in the Presbyterian church. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the time, I was still actually a member of a local Presbyterian church. Right. Even though. And I was going to church a lot. Yeah. Just mostly for the show, but still. Mm -hmm. If we're going to be technical. All right. So we learn that exorcism comes from a Greek word, which means to bind by oath. Right. Yeah. So essentially, you're saying, hey, demon, you don't have a right over this body. Jesus does get out of here. It's funny that you'd mentioned demon. Uh, that also comes from the Greek daimon, and uh, don't hold me to any pronunciations there. And that's an intermediate being between humans and gods. Right, yes, which is what Lucifer was originally, I think. Um. Uh, yes, he definitely in later courses gets very much into detail about exactly who Lucifer is and that whole storyline. But suffice it to say, essentially they are... Angels who have fallen. So we can say that for now. We'll get right. we'll get into it in more detail. He's very proud of his uh, ritual Romanum. Uh, that is a, uh, a classic book that was used to kind of give the guidelines for how to perform an exorcism. And Bob has a copy from 1733. Dope. That, I don't have a copy at all. That he's very proud of. Speaking of dope, uh, the Pope's exorcist, Father Gabriel Amorth, actually signed Bob's copy, and he talks about that oh, more wow. later. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting that he's fairly pro-Pope. Yeah, yeah, well, he, he spends like a whole course kind of breaking down sort of the whole Catholic side of things, so we'll definitely come back to that. But yeah, I think we can clearly say he is more pro-Catholic than our friends at Amazing Facts. Very much more. <laughs> Wouldn't call him, for example, the Antichrist. 
But he does at least say that, you know, as far as the Catholic Church goes, he's not a Catholic himself, but he says we agree on the broad strokes of what exorcism is and why it's important. And he gives them credit for the fact that, you know, even though the Catholic Church has kind of also downplayed exorcism, they're the only ones who have put it down in writing. They've kept the practice alive for 2,000 years. And, you know, they still do practice exorcism, even if it's not as common as it once was. Yeah. A weird thing in Protestant circles is that Protestants insist that your salvation comes from faith alone and mm-hmm. uh, and will often feel that Catholics, and sometimes Mormons are drawn into this conversation too, that they are adding on something on top of that. You know, these works, you need that too. Or mm-hmm. baptism, you need that too. And so then they'll say, so they're not Christians, which gets very confusing. Okay, wait, so your contention is you only need A, and you're mad that these people say they need A and B. Mm-hmm. But that still means they have A, which is your thing. That's your qualifier. And you're saying- And now you're disqualifying them. And and at the same time, Protestants are claiming that if you have A, then you will naturally have B as an outcome, as an outpouring right. of the presence of the right. Spirit. And then you get into debates about James 2. And <laughs> yeah, it's uh, kind of a silly thing. Anyway, so the ritual Romanum itself dates back to 1614. So that's just three years after the King James Bible. Oh, damn. And it itself is based on earlier texts. So uh, Bob thinks that's a, a very important text. He reads some particular passages from it. Um, Still over a thousand years from Jesus's life. Right. You're right. It's much closer to our lives than his. That's <laughs> yeah. a good point. I'll, I'll give you just a little snippet from what he reads. It is he who commands you, he who wants stilled the sea and the wind and the storm. Hearken, therefore, and tremble in fear, Satan, you enemy of the faith, you foe of the human race, you begetter of death, you robber of life, you corrupter of justice, you root of all evil and vice. Seducer of men, betrayer of the nations, instigator of envy, font of avarice, fomenter of discord, author of pain and sorrow. So, very flowery language. Carrie's holding her head back and grimacing. (laughs) It's intense. Yeah, it is intense. Well, you know, this is the 1600s. Oh, man. Okay. They were Mm -hmm. intense back then. Uh, Intensely afraid of demons. Uh, Also, probably some of them lived in tents. So uh, Bob shares, <laughs> oh, I like it. Uh, Bob says every time he reads that you know larger passage, he gets a chill. Something quickens mm. in his spirit. Mm. Indeed. Bob says that he has performed, how many exorcisms would you guess? How many, Carrie? How many? Oh, God. I should know. I watched this video. Um, I think Bob has performed... Well, okay, I think Bob says he has performed <laughs> over 30,000 exorcisms. That's a very good qualification, first of all, and a very good guess. <laughs> uh, certainly, the number must have gone up since he recorded this, uh, because mm-hmm. we've seen him perform exorcisms since then. Uh, but at the time, he was saying 15,000 and counting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it could be could be right on. And immediately, I started trying to do that math of, okay, so I went to one of his public demonstrations. There was, you know, maybe two demons that he cast out or three, you know, and I tried mm-hmm. to do that sort of Santa Claus math of like, okay, so then how many houses would you have to visit every night for right. how long? And um, suffice it to say, I thought that was a pretty bold claim, but we'll, we'll take him on his word there. Also, he may be counting when there's one person with a thousand demons. Maybe that's a thousand exorcisms. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. 
do you get to count mm-hmm. every single demon that you cast out? Is Legion considered 300? Oh, good. Good point. Exactly. Um, so uh, he introduces himself a little bit as he's talking about that. And he says that, um, you know, he's encountered this even in Western society. There's other countries that are more open to exorcism as an explanation. He uh, talks about how he's been in the ministry for many years and how he got into writing books on spiritual themes. And he lists a ton of his books. Oh, my goodness. He's written a lot. He's very a prolific guy. Oh, my God. Goodness, he's written so, or at least his name is on a lot of books. We'll get into this more later, but one <laughs> oh. of his former employees says that she wrote uh, <gasps> some of his early books and some of his early testimonials that said that he, uh, you know, saved so and so from Satan. And uh, she'll be like, oh, that's me. I wrote that. He just told me to write it. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, I did not know that. Interesting. Yep. Um, I think he wrote early on some fiction books, but um, I think he kind of- Dead Air. Dead Air. Yes. Dead Air. The- yes, that's his, his book that's uh, a fictional account of someone working at a radio station. Yeah. She says she wrote that one. Whoa. Okay. Uh, other yeah. books include Hippies, Hindus, and Rock and Roll, The Guru. Hell yeah. Babylon Reborn. Satanism, the seduction of America's youth. Oh, that one's good. I have it. We'll talk about oh, it. Oh, you do? Okay. In the name of Satan, UFOs and the alien agenda. Oh, right. Haven't read that one. That sounds good. Straight answers on the new age. Shock talk. I think that's another one kind of like dead air. And and of yes, course Yes, one is the uh sequel. And some of the more recent books that are more directly relevant to his ministry as it stands, like Demon Proofing Prayers and Curse Breaking. Um so yeah, we'll touch back on some of his books and what's in them. But uh he also presents all this just to let you know, hey, this is why I'm kind of an expert on this. And there's no official governing board outside of the Catholic Church that can kind of say you're an exorcist. So I think it right. it does kind of make sense for him to sort of establish his bona fides and say, this is why I do this. Oh, for sure. Yeah. In fact, actually, now that I think about it, it's a lot like the pickle the Mormons are in where their founder said, basically, anybody can be a prophet. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, and so then the Mormons like create this very intricate power structure for who the prophet will be and that person will be president. We vote them in, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Meanwhile, there are these rogue Mormons who are like, "Eh, no, I'm the prophet. (laughs) Yeah, you're... And they kind of have no specific response for how to deal with that. Shoot, theologically, yeah, God could kind of speak to anybody, huh? Oh, man. Yeah, okay. Oh, there's multiple of you. Shit, well, oh, Uh, uh, that's wrong and we're... Elder Cunningham, stop making things up. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's always a process that the church has to go through. Okay, we received the word. We passed it down to this next person. How do we make sure nobody else plays the same game? Right, right, exactly. Um, While still making it open to why it was okay for me to do it. Right. And you preferably then, you know, you can still set it up so God can change his mind about black people in 1978 if you're the Mormon right. church. That's always a particular problem. How do we maintain this power structure without uh, mm-hmm. painting ourselves into a corner? So um, anyways, uh, he emphasizes the academic aspect of exorcism, which I'm all for. I really love that he wants to break this down and address all of these apparent conflicts. Uh, so I'm in, you know, I, I buckled my seatbelt at this point. Like, let's do this, Yeah, Bob. how will you manage this? And, Go ahead. And, you know, I do appreciate that he has this 
scholastic and scholarly approach and that he is willing mm-hmm. to engage on these things. So, you know, this is something I would say Bob and I and and you have in common uh, where we can yeah. really connect on this. Yeah. And I'm sure it's very exciting when you've uh, obsessed about these things to mm-hmm. sort of have a captive audience to just sort of, you know, geek out about this thing that you just Absol- love. Absolutely. Yeah. So so really, I am down with this whole enterprise. <laughs> it's a big statement. Yeah. I, I mean, well, within... <laughs> Within the context of everything we're saying about how it gels with the outside world, I like that we're taking this subject seriously and really breaking it apart. Sure. Um, yep. So, yeah, take that as you this will. This part of it. But that, that'll be the poll quote, you know, Ross, yeah, yeah, on, yeah. on the Ross. website. I'm really done with this whole enterprise. <laughs> I approve this whole thing. He, he shares a number of quotes from various church fathers and notable theologians, just kind of underscoring the point that exorcism is something theologically sound. It's part of the Bible. You know, people are behind it. And he quotes John 14, 12. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. That's interesting. Would you say anybody's done greater things than Jesus? Me. Okay. Well, then, prophecy fulfilled. Yeah, like he never had a podcast. So it's so funny. Um, Jesus, I'd love to see your TED talk. Wow, Gary. Um, you just went into like John Lennon territory there. The Beatles are bigger than Jesus. Um, but, you know, that's one of those things kind of like how uh, people always say with faith like a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, well, who's moved a mountain? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody. Move a mountain. Go ahead. Yeah. I'll watch. I mean, they do that to make freeways, but I'm not about to sing songs about it. <laughs> and so for the most part, that's what that whole first course was, was just to sort of lay out. Here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to get into the history. Um, and here's me. I'm Bob. <laughs> here's me. I'm Bob. I wrote I wrote a lot of books. I've uh, I've read a lot about this. You might call me Bobo the Beaverneck. Yes. It's hard to say that uh, nickname we gave him. Well, you only have yourself to blame for that, Carrie. I know. Bobo the Beaverneck. If I prepare myself, I can. And of course, Beaverneck is a reference to that priest collar, which looks like one lone solitary tooth hanging down mm-hmm. from his neck. Exactly. But that's self-explanatory. Just in case. I don't know. No, I'm I'm kidding. It's not at all. Oh, oh okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So I think we've reached a good point. We've covered kind of that introductory course and Bob, and hopefully we've gotten all of your heads back into the exorcism game if they already weren't after the last episode. And uh, it's going to be a little ride we'll go on together, a journey. Yeah. We are exorcists now, but we'll tell you more. And we hope you'll be as excited as we have been about this whole thing. Yeah, or else we will cast demons out of you. Have I told you about how I did perform an exorcism you have. in high school? Okay, good. I'm not sure if you've shared that on the podcast, though. Oh, okay. Maybe the next episode. Oh, fun. Okay, cool. Excellent. Well, thank you all for continuing this exorcism journey with us. We're looking forward to the rest of it. And that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. Our president-elect is Joe Biden. Yeah. You can support what we do Help us sign up for classes before they get starkly reduced in price at <laughs> MaximumFun.org slash donate or slash join. Uh, we hugely appreciate all of you who support the show and make it possible. Oh, hell yeah. You can also support us by leaving a positive review wherever you get your podcasts or knitting your dog a sweater that says, On Rackets Podcast. 
That's right. And and she's talking to you, Janine. I know you've been thinking, I should really write a review of the podcast. I'll get around to it someday. But today is the day that you get to leave your review. Or knit your dog a sweater. Yeah. And if you don't have a dog, you have to go get one. You have to go adopt a dog from a shelter and knit them a sweater. I figured so that the subset it's up to you, of- that or the written review. Mm, okay. I figured the subset of Janine's who could write a review would be greater than those who could knit sweaters. But yes, by all means. Mm, yeah. Up to her. But also you, Pete. You're not off the hook. Mm-mm. This worked last time. We named, <laughs> we mentioned Michaela and somebody named Michaela wrote a review. Thank you, Michaela. We appreciate that. <laughs> so one by one, we're going to play Romper Room and just name our entire audience. <laughs> you can also find us on social media, Facebook at facebook.com slash onrack, O-N-R-A-C. Or Twitter, twitter.com forward slash Oh, no, podcast. O as in Oscar, H as in hotel, N as in November, O as in Oscar, P as in Papa, O as in Oscar, D as in Delta, C as in Charlie, A as in Alpha, S as in Sierra, T as in Tango. I'm glad we had that. (laughs) And remember, from Bob Larson in 1969... From the live recorded album, Bob Larson speaks out on rock music. Well, if you think about it, you'll see that really there's nothing in America today that has more contact with more young people than does rock and roll. And because of this, there are social scientists who believe that rock music is the most powerful influence in this country on the political, social, and moral values of youth. Music today is not only an expression of our culture, but it's a cultural catalyst at work in our society formulating certain teenage folkways. You see, it's because that some of you listen to so much rock music every day that social scientists say it's right there in the associations and in the words of the song that you get a lot of your ideas and even some of your moral and social values. Not only are you influenced by the music, but through the music, you influence America. Now, in a democracy, we vote in elections for the people and things we believe in. And when you walk in the store and buy a record, in a way, it's like voting in an election. Because when you buy that record, at the consumer market level, you financially support the message of that song. Now, that doesn't mean that you necessarily approve of what that song says or you necessarily agree with its lyrics, but tacit approval is implied because when you purchase it, you promote it. And in this way, in the type of records that you buy, you help to judge and to choose the type of message that the youth of America we're here. Hey, I'm Janet Varney, host of the JV Club podcast. Ah, oh, high school. Was it a time of adventure, romance, and discovery? Class of 95, we did it! Or... A time of angst, disappointment, and confusion. We're all tied together by four years of trauma at this place, but enjoy adulthood, I guess. The truth is, it was both. So join me on the JV Club podcast where I invite some great friends like Kristen Bell, Angela Kinsey, Oscar Nunez, Neil Patrick Harris, and Keegan-Michael Key to talk about high school, the good, the bad, and everything in between. My teenage mood swings are getting harder to manage. The JV Club. Find it on Maximum Fun. 
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.